We are back again on Locked On Guardians. While the hot stove is frozen, there's still a lot of fun things to talk about. We're going to get into the Marlins. We're going to get into the third base position. But I just want to take a moment and say, while he might be a rival, give a moment and wish the best to Liam Hendricks as he begins his uh, battle with cancer this offseason. So I just want to start off with good vibes uh, for, for Liam, his family, and everything they are going through on today's Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online where the game starts. Uh, I also want to take a moment and introduce myself. I'm Jeff Ellis, uh, sometimes teacher, all-time parent, not all-time great, but all the time I'm a parent, an occasional writer, and uh, many-time podcaster. We're approaching 900 episodes here on Lockdown Guardians. Wow, really moving along. I like it. Uh, mm-hmm. Justin Latta, uh, I guess mostly podcaster with you, uh, sometimes writer at Next Year in Cleveland now. Sometimes podcast other places, uh, full-time tweeter when baseball season starts. I've really not tweeted a lot this off season, to be honest with you. I've taken a, a real break on tweeting. I'm still on Twitter, but, uh, I'll tweet a lot more in, uh, during baseball season. So if you followed me this off season and, uh, we get to minor league baseball season starting expect a barrage of, of tweets, I'll be out there tweeting about minor league baseball. So, uh, just be careful what you wish for. Uh, speaking of tweets, should I do everyone's favorite thing where I just completely leave Justin in the lurch and throw him something after we spent like 30 minutes planning for the show that we have not talked about? Uh, do it. Do it. Here we go. So I threw out this tweet because I threw out a tweet that I was sad didn't get more traction. So I think Colt Emerson this year has a chance to be the first prep player drafted from Ohio in a long time in the first round. Can you name the last prep player from Ohio taken in the top 30 picks? Position player or pitcher? Anything. Chad Billingsley from Defiance? You are correct. Good job. 2003. That is the last player. Hey! You nailed it. You nailed it. Uh, I had to say the top 30 because there is Matthew Smorrell in 2012, but he has a supplemental pick. But yeah, you nailed it. See? Hey. I remember. Uh, just get and there was no <laughs> chatter about this. This is just all how good Justin is. Just putting that out there right now. Um, but yeah, I just know that there's that pocket of Ohio that has random players that defiance because what they defiance had a who was the, the Cleveland prospect from defiance? Uh, Dice Kime, Dice Kime yeah. was a defiance kid, right? Yeah, they had a they had a run had, there. defiance has had a bunch of interesting dudes. It's like one of my favorite uh random uh draft uh history, like random bits of funny information is. I believe it's, I might get these years wrong. I believe it's 87 and an 86, the top prep player both years drafted from the state of Ohio. Uh, One from Moeller High School and one from Dublin High School in Columbus. Oh no. Uh, Sorry, I thought we had a freeze there for a second. My computer's being funny. But uh, the Moeller one from Cincinnati, most people know it's Ken Griffey Jr. But the the Dublin guy was Kent Merker. So first player taken in the entire draft. I would not have gotten those. Yeah, that's just kind of random funny bits. Uh, 
that's you know it's right up there with the fact that Cleveland picked two, meaning they had the worst record in baseball right between the Griffey years. So if they could just have been horrible that in between year, they would have had Griffey. But instead, they picked on the two years outside <laughs> of Griffey. They missed Griffey, but they're you know worst team in the American League those two other years, just not the Griffey year. Uh, so let's let's get into what we talked about. Giovanni Soto was traded. This affects the American League Central. Uh, he went to and of course Gregory I ended up with Soto. The, Gregory <laughs> Soto. Yeah, Giovanni was who I typed into uh, autopilot. Uh, Gregory Soto. Uh, and then I typed it again. My goodness, I am. I, I was sick over the weekend. I still got some brain fog. But Gregory Soto was which, traded. Uh, it, which one did you get? I'm curious. Did you get the Cubs catcher or the former Guardians early? Or oh, early? The, the catcher. No one remembers the guy that they got oh. for Johnny Peralta, who I thought was going to be a solid reliever at one point in time. He might have been like on the yep. outside of a top 10 prospect list for me, or maybe even inside. Those are pretty dark days when they traded for him. But uh, I think Not Soto wrong. was interesting for a lot of reasons. Uh, maybe number one is because how polarizing this deal was. A lot of people viewed it as like, that's all they got. And then others are like, that's a good return. Now I should, I have to reveal some bias here. Um, back when I worked at scout, I wrote up Matt Verling very positively. He was a guy who always had good high school data and then went to the university that shall not be named that managed to have the worst developmental track record where if you listen to the show, of course, you know, I really mean Notre Dame. Uh, Verling just did not develop well, but I, I think he's a potential starter for them this year in the outfield. I like Verling. They got a backup. And I don't know. I mean, some people like Donnie Sands. I think he is at best a backup. So I think, you know, they got two backups and a potential starter. So I actually think it's a solid return. Like it's, it's a good net for both teams. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's my overall view. I think it's a good net return for both squads. It's certainly better than giving Craig Kimbrell $10 million. Yeah, I mean, Soto only had, what, one year of team control left? I think two. He, was it, was it two? two? Okay. I think it was uh, one, but maybe you're right. No, two. He's, yeah, because you get him for 23, 24, and 25. It's three years of control. Wow, okay. Um, three years of control, I look at it a little bit differently. Um, I thought maybe they would get a little more for a reliever of three years of control. And a but, lefty. you know, Soto's been... And a lefty. Soto has been inconsistent in his career. The walk mm-hmm. rate's kind of high. Uh, he's not like a frontline reliever, but he's a, a solid, you know, seventh inning guy on a good team, I should say. But, I mean, Detroit did well. They got a, a, a platoon outfielder who um, is an okay, you know, I think it's, it's a, it does a lot of, has a lot of splits. Yeah. Not sure how he's going to play defensively out in that outfield in Detroit. We'll see. Uh, Nick Maton's a good backup, although right now roster resource has him starting at third base for them, which is kind of scary. That's not good. Um, they should do something about that. Um, and Donnie Sands, like you say, is a backup. I think it's got a lot of depth. I think they trade him for depth. I mean, like I said, Veerling, Veerling, who was the guy they, they ran in the outfield last year that signed with the White Sox? Um, oh, uh, Victor Reyes, the guy they cut? Yeah. Yeah, like I think I think Veerling's an upgrade over Rick, Victor Reyes. Yeah. Nick Maton is like solid, although he won't get to play. He'll get to play against Phil Maton more, which is good because he's in the AL. Good for him. Um, his brother, former Guardians great or Indians great, whatever you want to say. Um, yeah, they just got a lot of depth. I think maybe you could say you should have got a lot, a little bit more for 
a guy with three years of control, but it's not like Soto's an elite reliever. He's just a good reliever. So I think they did fine getting depth. Uh, I don't know if, it, I guess it makes them, it raises their floor in the short term a little bit and maybe their long term. I don't know. It's not a deal I think is going to have a major impact unless they suffer some injuries, I guess. Which they could because, I mean, you're relying on Austin Meadows to come back from vertigo and uh, other issues. And uh, right now their outfit left fielder is Keel Badu. And he had a horrible year last year. I guess Veerling and, and Badu, maybe Platoon. I don't know. Could be interesting. I don't hate uh, the deal. Verling is interesting that he played center field, right field, left field, third base, second base, and first base last year. He, oh. The only positions he didn't play were shortstop and catcher. He played everywhere else on the diamond um, multiple games, uh, first base being the least. So he can cover a few spots. And he's he's always had kind of an intriguing profile. He walks at a good rate, doesn't strike out too much. I think it's going to be the perfect situation where he can just get thrown into Detroit and see if he can do anything, like see if he can be that league average bat that I've kind of projected him to be for a while. So that's where I view it. I, th- I think it's, you know... It, it, in when nothing is happening, a trade like this gets to become a bigger deal than it should be. So it, it became a bigger deal than it should be. But I think, yes, I agree with you. It raises their floor. Um, and I can't fault them with as bad as that lineup was a year ago, being like, let's just bring in three fresh faces and see what they can do. They needed the depth. There's no doubt. Yeah. They did not have a lot of depth last year. And these guys, they are. I mean, Eric, this is, I like it because this, this essentially says Eric Haas is their starting catcher for 2023. Mm-hmm. So good. I'm happy for Eric Haas, obviously, former Cleveland, Clevelander and Ohio State commit and unfortunately a, a Michigan guy, but good dude. So I'm happy for him and Sands will be a nice backup for him. Um, yeah, it's a nice depth. I don't know, though. Their bench was pretty iffy before. It's not great now, but it's better no. than it was. And and this is where I have to do the obligatory. There was a time when I covered the minors where Eric Haas wasn't a prospect anymore. Like he had fallen on hard times as a prospect was like probably going to get let go at the end of the year. And that dude worked his butt off to like, kind of like change his swing, change his approach. I mean, he did everything you could do and he's now a major leaguer because of it. So again, just a, a moment of like Eric Haas, uh, sad he got away, but again, praise the dude. Mm-hmm. We have an interesting catching quote, but I, we're going to get to that in a moment here. Uh, we also want to talk about the Marlins because they were all over the news as well on today's Lockdown Guardians. But first, let's talk about our friends over at Bet Online. They're our title sponsor and your number one source for sports betting info, news, and stats, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball. They've got it covered at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those on BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Uh, I don't think they're associated with Bernie Kosar. Too soon. That was too soon. Too soon. That was, no. Listen, you can't too work soon. for an NFL hey. team and do that. Like, you know, it's just, I'm sad yeah. to see him go. Uh, not that I watch any football this year, but it's not a good look to have to fire him. But at the same time, you can't work for an NFL team and do that. Like it's, it's, that's just the way that be, he, he, it's the, you can't be official about it. It has to be all quiet. Yeah. Uh, well, Bernie Kosar was one of the few good things the Browns had going for them this year. And they just took that away. And I guess he took it away, but. Yeah. 
I don't know. Browns fans, I, I'm not going to go there. I have nothing. If you have nothing nice to say, don't say it. I'm not going to say it. Let's just move on <laughs> before I get myself in trouble with Clevelanders. But still like that's, me, which is probably not bad. That's fine. <laughs> I think it's a perfect time. You have a quote to read. Why don't we lead off with that? Ooh, story ready? Yes, I like story time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Mandy Bell, uh, obviously the Guardians, MLB.com, uh, Guardians.com, whatever, MLB.Guardians.com. Uh, reporter had a talk with, uh, had an interview with uh, Tito before the holidays. Uh, this is on January 7th, asking about Bo Naylor and the catching situation and Francona's response to, you know, whether or not Bo Naylor would be on the opening day roster because we talked about this. Um, Francona said, I don't know that we're done making moves. I think we've been pretty honest about how much we like Bo Naylor. Does that mean he's ready for opening day? I don't know if we're ready to say that. And if he isn't, that's not a knock on him. Let's let his play dictate when, how much he's ready. Um, and that was after all oh, the interview. I'm sorry. The interview about that was probably before they, they made the, cause I said that came out on January 7th and the, the Cam Gallagher signing was the fourth announced on the fourth. So that interview might've been done before the Cam Gallagher signing at the time they had Mabry's Valoria and um, well, that was really it. So Cam Gallagher is the other one, but I don't know. I mean, I think that uh, we've been saying for a couple of episodes now, a couple of weeks that uh, I don't think Bo Naylor is a lock for opening day. I don't think they want to do that right off the bat. So they're going to continue to look, look at the catcher market. I would imagine not much out there. It's, it's pretty slim. Uh Maybe they should have been in on Donnie Sands. I don't know. I, I really don't care for, for Donnie Sands that much. Not, not to. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> Quincy, <laughs> Quincy was the high man on, um, on him, I believe. I wanted uh, Logan Ohapi last year. That was that was the guy I wanted. That's, I was hoping they time. would trade Plesak for him. That was the guy I kind of. Yeah. That was the trade I was hoping to manifest but, last year. Here, here's the here's what I'm looking at. I I have no idea. Again, we we've talked about this. There's no roster fodder. There's no room. They, they if they sign somebody, it's either got to be a minor league deal or it's they got to find a trade because I just don't see how they're going to fit anybody else in the roster without move without making a trade. But mm-hmm. uh, well, maybe maybe this guy. I, I'm still interested in Jorge Alfaro. How about you? Because I he would you think he comes on a minor league deal. I saw I saw a um, a video clip of him from today. Uh, before recording this, of him hitting a home run in a um, Caribbean offseason league. Big home run, flipped his bat, stared it down. And I'm like, okay, this guy has always had big power. We know he's got a great arm. Uh, the rest of the catching tools are Good pop, bad framing, best. right? That's what we saw with him. Uh, he, I know he's not, he, he always had the reputation of having a good arm as a prospect. The arm wasn't the issue, yeah. I think it was he, everything know, else. that It was the framing I, and blocking that I think had been an issue yeah. for him. Cause I know Savant had him actually with one thing that was good. So I think his pop times, and again, he's not a small dude, but I think his pop times are pretty solid as well. Uh, if I'm remembering. Yeah, and he's always had power as a hitter. He's, I think he's essentially the unpolished, never really. Yeah. Pop time, 96 percentile max exit velocity, 97th percentile. And then uh, framing 37th percentile and sprint speed, 85th percentile. How about that? Sprint speed. Good for a catcher. Um, he's essentially the the never made it version of Mike Zanino, right? Pop or a lot of power, a lot of strikeouts, no walks, and great arm. But uh, I don't know. I'd be interested in bringing Zanino or not Zanino. We already have Zanino. Uh, Jorge Alfaro in as like a, a camp tryout guy. I don't know if he'll take that, but 
I don't so know. If they're I, still scouring the catching market, I'd be interested in him. So I see here, uh, Sport Spot Track hasn't, they still have Omar Navarez listed, Narvez. So that's not Roberto Perez and Gary Sanchez. Your personal favorite of yours, I know, is there. Um, yes. Uh, I'm a little bit surprised Bear, no one has. Bear, Bear. No one has at least taken a run. It's not like he was terrible a year ago, and the catcher market is pretty atrocious. Um, you know, it, yeah, it's it's pretty ugly. But that's why I'm kind of surprised he's still standing uh, at this point in time. A lot of this is like mm. retired players listed here on this list. Uh, Kevin Pulwecki, uh, round two. Uh, Kurt, mm. you can't tell me Kurt Suzuki isn't retired, right? I mean. He is retired, I believe. Yeah, so they they have him listed. I know, I know. Uh, Voigt is retired. He's listed. It's it's an ugly list, but yeah, they, I people constantly want to want a baseball explain to me why Bo Naylor is going to make this day opening day roster, and every single quote from Tito is everything to the opposite of that. And if there's one position where they have not let rookies really in it's catcher. So I, I would not be shocked if we see another invite. And again, I think invite is the key word because of what we talked about on Friday show, because if Alfaro Alfaro comes in as an invite, then you don't have to add him to your 40 man until the end of the of camp. And guess what? The minute camp starts, you got a 60 man disabled list. And I mean, at first it seemed like a little bit of shenanigans with Cody Morris, but then it took him forever to get healthy. So it wasn't, but you have anything like that pop up all of a sudden that clears a spot. It makes it a lot easier to juggle things. And yeah. I hope nobody gets hurt to do that, but I mean, yeah. that's there, the only way they can add anybody if they don't make a move. Yeah. yeah. There's always somebody, I mean, always someone who's like on the 40, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, that quote, again, that quote could have come before the Cam Gallagher signing. I'm sure it did. I don't necessarily know that they feel like, okay, we're done. We added two former Royals catchers to as my league free agents. We're done shopping. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, unless they, I don't, I, I don't know who's out there, like who you can think about in the trade market. I know, except for, you know, your guy from, uh, from Miami. Which we'll talk about. Yeah. Besides him. Uh, I think it's how far we're bust. There's, I mean, unless they want to bring back Roberto Perez to give it another shot, but it's, we'll see. I wouldn't be surprised if they add somebody else on an invite. Gary Sanchez. Also, you know what? Yeah. Okay. I was good. I was going to go somewhere else with that, but you know what? You go just ahead. had to ruin it. I, I did. No, I was going to say, I mean, I don't know. Did, has David Fry gotten them? uh, an invite yet to spring training? I don't think so. I don't think we've heard he's officially. Um... I bet you he will. I bet you David Fry gets an invite to spring training. Although I don't know if they would rely on him as the backup catcher out of the gate. He's not on the 40 either. So um, I still wouldn't be surprised if he plays this year for them at some point. I don't know. They sent him to the AFL for a reason, right? Yeah. I, mean... I know AFL just needs catchers, but. I don't know. Um, He's not on the 40 either, so we'll see. Yeah. Let's let's switch over to the Marlins. Let's, they keep coming up because they've got pitching to trade. Uh, I kind of like to know some people won't love this, but I liked uh, at Cleveland underscore tribe fan who responded to uh, my thought on, because uh, personally I would love to see Jesus Lazardo of all the, the Marlins pitchers. Like that's my target because he's got five years of team control and he's a lefty with some interesting upside. But their response was Reynolds to Miami, Lazardo to Cleveland, and then all the prospects to Pittsburgh. And I'm like, that would be 
perfect. That's the ideal. Uh, I also talked at the Marlins beat writer who, when I asked him like, well, what exactly are they looking for? It's, it's clearly help now. And he said first, third and center field. And you and I are both high on Will Brennan, but we are higher than the consensus. It's hard to figure a deal like Brennan and Arias just does not seem to have enough to get you across covering third. I mean, it, John Kenzie Noel, that's the the top prospects they have maybe who can do first, third and center field and help in the next calendar year. And I don't think that gets you Lizardo right now. I mean, maybe it no, does. And I think, but I doubt any it. of the guys there, any of any of the pitchers they're shopping. Yeah. I mean, they're, if they're, if they're truly looking to trade, Trevor Rogers, they're going to be selling low. That would be a mistake, I think, because they're not going to get much for him coming off the season he had, even though he still missed a lot of bats. I do like Trevor Rogers a little bit, but yeah, any of those pitchers they're looking to trade, um, they're going to be looking for a guy in center field who is established. I don't know how much you can say they can really get for Edward Cabrera, but uh, health. I don't know, just about. Yeah, just about anybody, though. It sounds like they're looking for um, established players. Then, Even if it's not like high upside guys like stars, you know, they're looking for someone who is established in a quality big leaguer. Um, so I just Cleveland, I mean, outside of trading Miles Straw, which I don't think Cleveland will do. And I don't even I don't even truthfully know if that would be yeah. enough for the Marlins to do it. Maybe last um, year at this time, but. Yeah, I, I just don't see there being a fit for them. I know, like you said, uh, Jeff, the CLE underscore Tribe fan, said about a three-team deal, and I think that might make some sense, but uh, it's going to depend on who Pittsburgh wants from Cleveland uh, to facilitate that trade. And um, our our Lockdown Pirates guy, Ethan, right? Ethan is Lockdown mm-hmm. Pirates? Is that right? Yep. He, he had said that... Um, he doesn't think that Reynolds, I don't know if he heard something or if he has talked to anybody, but it sounded like um, he was saying Reynolds didn't want to be traded. It was just kind of a negotiation tactic to get the pirates to up the offer, get back to the table. I don't know, but um, who knows? But yeah, I, I have a hard time seeing Cleveland being a match for, for Miami in any, any trade. I mean, Jesus Lazardo, Jesus Lazardo is really the only guy I would be interested in. I'm not really interested in Pablo Lopez because to me, he's just a—he's a slightly better version of Zach Plesac. He's just more consistent, not quite as healthy, and I don't know. I just I don't I don't see the need to trade anything for a guy like Pablo Lopez. Either go out and get somebody who's a little bit better, or just roll it back and and leave open some room for one of your pitching prospects to come up, but. Uh, yeah, to me, Lazardo is the only guy I would want, but I just don't see them being a match with the Marlins on paper. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I feel like Lopez doesn't really raise your floor or your ceiling that much. He raises your floor, but not necessarily. And it's going to cost ceiling. a lot. Yes, and he's going to start getting expensive in salary. Well, that not only that, but in terms of trades too, the Marlins are going to hold a high price on him because there's just nobody to trade in the pitching market yet, and pitching is, is expensive, and he's still got team control they can kind of lord that over you like oh this guy's got a lot of team control he's a solid back-end starter so let somebody else pay that that prospect cost like i know everybody keeps saying cleveland's got to use these prospects somehow they don't have room for all of them but you're not going to do it just to overpay to get a guy like pablo lopez like 
it's one thing to do it for like a Jesus Lazardo or, um, you know, Corbin Burns. I'm still going to wish cast that, but um, not for Pablo Lopez. And nothing against him, just not just knowing what the market's going to look like. It's not worth it. Yeah. Now it's, uh, yeah, I agree. Lazardo is the one that I kind of have my heart set on. Uh, let's take our next, let's, uh, let's take one moment here. Uh, before we dive into our third base prospects, uh, the interesting group of players that uh, don't go very deep, but might be better than you think on today's Lockdown Guardians. But first, let's talk about our good friends over at Built Bar, uh, one of my favorite sponsors in the history of this show, a delicious sponsor, a tasty sponsor. And now they are a sponsor who is available at Walmart. That's right. You can go to Walmart and try Built Bar. If you didn't want to pay for shipping and handling, you didn't want to deal with all of that, you can go to Built Bar right now and try it. You can go to Walmart and try Built Bar, I should say. Uh, Right now, churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I recommend churro and coconut almond are available in 10 packs and 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. That's right. You get those at Walmart or at Sam's Club, owned by the same people. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. I would recommend coconut puffs. If you go to Sam's Club, you can get a 13-bar box with all other hit flavors. You can thank me later. Go to uh, Sam's Club, Walmart, or you can go to BillBar.com and use that promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your order, or you can Check out all three and see which one gives you the best deal. But you are getting a delicious tasting protein bar that is good for you. That is BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15, or go to Sam's Club or Walmart. So third base. uh, The reason I say maybe better than you think is because you might think, hey, who is there even? This is probably the has the least amount of depth, but it is an interesting grouping in spite of that. Uh, there is Gabby Rodriguez at the top. And then we can, a lot of the players after that are maybe a debate if someone's going to end up there long-term, who's not not currently listed there. But why should people be curious about Gabby Rodriguez? Nobody even wanted this dude in the role five. Yeah. I mean, after his 2021 season, I think it was looking pretty bad for him. Uh, Although he was only 19 and they were coming off the COVID year and uh, he was its full season ball for the first time. I thought I'd heard there had some been conditioning issues with him uh, going into that season, but who knows? Uh, remember, this is a guy that had the highest signing bonus among position players in uh, franchise history uh, for international uh, draft class or international signing classes. So this is the guy who had the highest bonus ever for a position player. Um, yeah, he had, had, had a really nice season at, at Lake County, you know, cut down on the strikeouts quite a bit, very reasonable level. Uh, improved his uh, discipline and patience at the plate, showed a little bit of pop. Uh, also a really good glove. I was really impressed with him defensively at third base. I think when Cleveland signed him out of, uh, I'm not really sure where he's from. I can't off the top of my head, but um, it. they signed him as a shortstop and he is not a shortstop anymore. He's definitely uh, moved off of shortstop. I would say Venezuela, Venezuela. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's definitely not a shortstop anymore. He did. He played three games there this year. Um, I didn't see any of those three games, but he played 72 at third base. Um, and as far as his body type, I would say probably better fit for third base. Not that he's huge, but definitely not a, a rangy guy for short. But I really like the glove at third base. I like the arm. I think defensively he's pretty smooth over there. 
reminds me a little bit of uh, what Gio Urshela looked like at, uh, as, at as a prospect at third base where the glove was starting to come around. Um, yeah, oh, I'm interested to see what he can do. Unfortunately, Rodriguez had uh, shoulder surgery at the end of the, at, in the offseason. He missed the, the final month of the regular season last year in Lake County, but uh, he's only 20. He'll be 21 all of this season coming up. He should be at double A. Like I said, there's some, there's, there's more, there's at least average raw power in there. I don't know how much of it he'll get to in the game, but um, there's some really nice upside there. And if he's not a star level player, he may not be as good as the bonus they gave him, but he should still be a nice player. So he is uh, the top third base prospect in the system right now in a list full of uh, very unimpressive players. And before anybody makes a comment or says anything, John Kenzie Noel is not a third baseman. You can, you can, Type it all you want on Twitter or write in the comments all you want that he can play, that he's he's versatile, he plays the corners. No. Jack Kensington is the first baseman. He's the first baseman. He's the first baseman. He can maybe stand in the outfield and not be uh, unplayable for seven innings if you need the bat in the lineup, but um, he's the the first baseman. Yeah, and I think the other thing with Gabby is just like, when we had access to some of the stat cast data for him, that's the other thing that kind of played into his favor. So it's the stuff that you don't necessarily get to see, but it's some of the stuff below the surface. Um, we got to see a little bit of the minor league stat cast baseball data. Uh, can't share that, but we had a, a small window of access and his data was really, really good to the point that kind of made both you and I go, Oh, because here's the other thing. When a player is hurt, it makes them easier to take in the rule five because it's easier to stash stead player when they're going to have surgery. It's what happened with Santander. So I think we are both kind of almost expected him to get selected because the stat cast data was that good and uh, the injury, but he's still here. Uh, now, you know, do we talk Diane Frias next? Do we talk Jose Pastrano? Do we want to move Milan Tolentino to third base already? Um, uh, Reynaldo well, Delgado. I don't know. Do you throw David Fry at third base? Like, I we've talked about him. Most... Yeah, I mean, it, it's probably the natural position if he's an everyday guy, but just, yeah, we know what David Fry is right now, right? Yeah, he's he's a utility guy who can play some catcher at third and first. I don't know. I don't. I don't necessarily think that Dan, Diane Frias. If I had to go with the guy number two at third base, I'd probably go with Diane Frias. Um, if we're keeping Fry as like a utility guy, I don't know that Frias necessarily has to end up at third base. Um, he could. He played a lot of it last year, but he also played a lot of short, and I think he could, he played a lot of second. I think he can. If for me, he's a second or third baseman. I don't know if he stays shortstop long term. Um, but he could probably play second or third. And I think that the arm should be okay at third base, but um, he might be the second best prospect at that position. If you're talking about guys who play third, the problem with Frias is though, I don't think he's going to have the bat for third base because I don't necessarily know if he is going to have power that plays there. So the bats probably better at second base long-term. That's my only, only concern there, but he can at least play there. Yeah, I mean, he's just kind of an interesting guy. His name pops up at various points um, from people. Like he's one of those names, kind of. I, wasn't he like a BP top twenty at one point or some? Like I feel like somewhere put him in their top twenty at one point in time. Uh, it's just kind of an interesting guy. Or maybe it was like Fangraphs was high on him. I can't remember. Somebody was high on him at one point in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I'm sorry, there was it was Fangraphs. Yeah, they put Dion Frias last year at 14th on their prospect list. Yeah, for Cleveland, wow. which is very aggressive. Um, I knew he was high somewhere, but yeah, I mean, that you was, can... They put him ahead of Noel a year ago, ahead of Logan Allen, Cody Morris, like pretty good hmm. prospects. No. Had a Bo Naylor. Yeah, that man, people really just bowed out. And I, I understand Bo Naylor had to make some changes to his game in order to yeah. get back to where he was, but Naylor wow, was talk about not fan talk about yeah, he was he was down. Talk about not giving a guy a mulligan. Like, yeah. I think a lot of prospects deserved a mulligan after twenty twenty one after twenty twenty, right? Like, yeah, he had a bad yes, he had a bad twenty twenty one, but like, I know he was at the alternate site, but still. Uh, I don't know. I, I was a lot easier grading guys after 2021 just because that was their first year back after everything. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, there, there are other guys that we could talk about. They're not again. It's not a great group. It's it's a it's a bunch of maybes and a bunch of who knows utility guys like you could. Like you said, Milan Tolentino could probably play third. Um, I like him a little bit. Um, any any of the shortstops like Arias, Rocchio, Tana. Can both all play third if need be. I don't know about Angel Martinez. That's probably his third best position. Um, Valdez can probably handle third. Cairo could, but Cairo to me isn't really a prospect at this point. Yeah. Um, Juan Benjamin might be a guy worth keeping an eye on. He's pretty low on the list, but and he was 19 last year. But Juan Benjamin is is somebody worth at least remembering the name. I'm trying to look at my sheet here just to. Again, um, all the all the names are not on fan graphs because they don't they no. just they just track guys no, they think, think you should know, but yeah, Arthur that's, has that's the entire I, list. Like Pastron <laughs> uh Pastron yeah. Pastrano was he was a big money guy, so he's listed. Um but again, he's I, he's more of a shortstop. He's not a I wanna say he's like he's isn't he like under five eleven? Like I feel like they're just putting guys, yeah, he's five foot nine. Like they're putting guys at third base just because Cleveland has no third base prospects yeah. so they're just they're listing their overflow at third base to fill in those levels and those positions and it's almost like I, that is their um they're i want to say their dumping ground but they're using it as like their flex position like how cleveland talked about more flexibility right. it's become a flex position in the minors well yeah because obviously third base is spoken for for the next several years um i haven't had pastrano ranked in any of my rankings in a couple of years because he just hasn't played and he hasn't gotten out of complex league. So that to me says something's not right. If he's not getting out of there and he's not even playing all that much. I'm just trying to look at my list. Like Jose Devers, that's Raphael Devers is what cousin, right? We, we figured so. out. Not to be confused with the other Jose Devers, which I confused him with who somehow yeah. on America got to the big leagues with the Marlins. Who's also, I believe their cousins. Yes. yes. They're both named uh, Jose Devers. There's that. Uh, unless you want to count Jose Ramirez's brother, who also is 20 years old, has not made it out of complex league. That's that's really kind of it. It's a pretty it's a pretty sparse position for them. No surprise considering, you know, they're not they're not really prioritizing it and they realized that um any of the shortstops they have, maybe minus Freeman can play there. Um Fangraphs has Nate Furman listed as a second slash third baseman. I don't know enough about Nate Furman's arm to, to know yeah. whether or not he can play third, but uh I don't know. We'll see. That's that's about all I have for third base. We, uh, Gabby Rodriguez, David Fry. If you want to count David Fry, um, 
who else did I say? Juan Juan Benjamin. Uh, I'm sorry, Diane Frias. Juan Benjamin, any of the shortstops, and then maybe either Tolentino or Valdez if you need to. Everybody else is is kind of just a minor like league filler. Tolentino is probably the one who I feel like is most likely to go, um, just because I feel like he's going to get bigger and. Uh, he's got the arm. Yeah, he definitely has the arm. Uh, like I said, he he was that first month was what hitting over four hundred and kind of came back to earth. So he's someone that certainly bears watching. They had his older brother in the system, and his dad uh, was an announcer with the Angels, right? Like a very big baseball family. Mm-hmm. Um, but we should take a break here. We're going to come back for a YouTube only portion of the show, and we're going to talk about top the the BP prospects list, which. We had some agreements on, and then we had some guys that, uh, let's put it this way, that, B- that BP put in the teens that are closer to 50 for Justin and myself. So stay tuned for that over on the YouTube side of things. And go, go, Guardians, go.